Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire. Something to show, something to list, something to sell. Call today at 601-408-9980. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, presented by To The Top Talk. Here with your break from all the Harry Source 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, boys. Good to be back. Been on the road quite a bit here lately. Came back from Monroe. Ready to get it going. And the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Shane Light. Man, I almost couldn't get that cork out of there. Need to eat my Wheaties. All right. And guys, so we're trying out something different this season. If you would like to sponsor an episode of To The Top Talk, you can do that now. Go to tothetoptalk.com. Click on the link that says sponsor an episode of To The Top Talk. If you want to do it in honor of somebody's birthday, Christmas present, your, for your business, for your brand, 50 bucks. We've got about four, four to five, three to four to five episodes, depending on which bowl we end up going to <laughs> remaining in the 2022 season. All right. So the big football game this past weekend, Southern Miss sitting at five wins, six losses headed into this game. Needed one more win to reach bowl eligibility. And they got that this past Saturday against the Louisiana. Monroe Warhawks. I don't know if you guys noticed this. Um, what do they have it? Uh, on ESPN. Like they have like on the ESPN app. They have ULM by the score. And then the short for Louisiana Monroe is Lamon. So it would be like Lamon <laughs> first Lamont. down. Lamon. Uh, which first I was like, down, I've never, first down Lamon. I've never heard them referred to as such. Is that their South Al? They don't like being called Lamon? I don't know. Lamon is actually pretty cool. I think I would embrace that. Yeah. Lamon. Yula Lamon. Yula. Yeah. Yula Lamon. Louisiana know. Monroe used to be Northeast Louisiana. They did. Okay. And the Raging Cajuns used to be Southwest Louisiana. Makes sense. Geography were, and such. Yeah. <laughs> or USL. USL back in the day. So they've been through some name changes. Uh, so Southern Miss defeating Louisiana Monroe by a final score of 20 to 10. Southern Miss reaching bowl eligibility for the first time since 2019 and will go to a bowl for the 23rd time in 28 years. It will be the 27th overall bowl appearance for Southern Miss. So uh, some of the notes from this game. Frank Gore Jr., Eclipse the thousand yard rushing mark for the season. He's got 1045 for the year. Had 199 yards on 24 carries in this game in particular to get him over the hump. But, uh, you know, the most recent person who had a thousand yards rushing was Edo Smith back in 2017. So, um, and Gore got the late TD there at the end to kind of 
sealed the deal. He also has 2,561 career rushing yards, which pushes him to eighth all time on the Southern Miss um, rushing yardage list. So what a game. Frank Gore was the by far the MVP of this game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think at some point, and and we in the stands we all thought, and this is not knocking uh, Trelo or anybody that plays quarterback. It was just the kind of game where you had a team that was giving up a bunch of yards on the ground in Louisiana Monroe. It's raining the entire time. Uh, it rained the entire day. We thought it was going to slack up. It didn't. It it rained for four straight quarters. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, you know, you just had a game where I thought that we had people that could run it, namely Frank Gore. I think that our offensive line always blocks the run better anyway. Um, you know, playing a team that gives up a lot on the ground and is soaking wet outside. So from the from the get go, we were just like, just just go super back, man. Um, and, and, and not that Lowe didn't manage the game well and did fine. Made one humongous throw to, to Frog right there at the end. But. We thought they would have a good game. Um, people were throwing out numbers like 200, and it ended up happening. But at some point, I think Will Hall just said, "You know what? Let's give it to Frank and just get the hell out of the way, and he'll do the rest." And and he did. Uh, tr- Go ahead, Shane. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say he's he shows so much patience running the ball, and he he sits back and kind of you know picks a lineman and follows him up to the hole, and then makes his decision on what's available and. The first guy's not going to tackle him. He's going to slide through a few. Uh, he's just—he's uh, a magician out there. He's fun to watch. He's got a little bit of uh, Alvin Kamara in that regard, doesn't he? Just where he—he he, he waits just for just for a second. Um, Pittsburgh used to have a running back who did that. Who, who was that running back from Pittsburgh? A few years back, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, yes, Le'Veon Bell. Same deal, just almost a almost a stutter step in the backfield. Not that he doesn't hit the all hard sometimes when he has to right off the bat, but you're right, Shane. He, he waits, uh, he picks his spot, and then in like a half a second, it's gone. So super fun to watch. Trey Lowe on the day, 10 for 16 for 170 yards and one touchdown. Did uh, you know? Really happy for for Trey Lowe getting in there, getting the start, getting the W to kind of close out the regular season for the Golden Eagles. Absolutely. I mean, he came in and he did what we needed him to do, and that is manage the games. The guy's got a cannon. He can he can rifle the ball in there uh, again. And and still, my only gripe with Trey is that we haven't connected on the deep ball uh, with Trey back there. But other than that, I mean, he hasn't turned it over much. Uh, he's thrown a really catchable ball. I mean, Brownlee uncharacteristically dropped a touchdown. Uh, that that should have been caught uh, from low uh, this past weekend. So uh, after the tumultuous start of the season, he's exactly what we needed to kind of just let the rest of the team play football, cut the mistakes down, and uh, and let the defense uh, hold a, an opponent enough just to let you score enough to win. And that throw that that, that throw to Brownlee, you know, it was. I felt like it was a touch high, but like you said, he's got such a cannon. Um, it's wet outside. And it was also up against the the, the sideline or the, the side of the end zone. So I really feel like Brownlee was really trying to drag the toes and reach up as far as he could. And then you got a wet football coming 100 miles an hour. 
It was it was a touch. It had been a great catch. I think if it was in the middle of the field, he jumps up and catches it. You know, but anyway, it was yeah. it was uncharacteristic to see. But from my vantage point, it, I mean, like you know, an inch higher, an inch lower, it might have been way easier to catch. But most but, but, guys don't catch that ball, but Jason Brown Lee right, normally right, catches right, that right, ball. Right, right. I mean, he's he's not most guys. Uh, so I mean, look, he he had other catches in that game. He uh, is a, a hugely important piece of our team this year. I'm not dogging the guy, but I was just pointing out that, uh, you know, some of the, the incompletions aren't on low. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was after uh, Brownlee came back from being hobbled for a, a bit, I think, too. But that scared me. I'm not going to lie. Me, too. <laughs> Big time. I was very relieved to see him back there out on the field. Well, the defense did a did a strong job uh, throughout the game. Thirteen tackles for a loss. That's the season best. Uh, that gives them 101 on the season. Also had four sacks. That was also a tie for the uh, for a season high on the season. Um, Quaywine had one, had his lone sack of the game in the fourth, but has a team best of nine and a half this season. Avery Hobbs with eight tackles, including a sack and two and a half tackles for a loss. Also had the uh, the blocked what punt from Brennan mm-hmm. Tolls there in the fourth quarter to okay I, th- I thought that was Frog as well that was Tolls okay uh, Briggs Bourgeois solid game as well hit fifteenth um, and sixteenth straight field goal attempt he is seventeen of eighteen going for field goals this season so another strong year from Briggs the Golden Eagles finished the regular season six and six. Overall, four and four in the Sun Belt, which is good enough to qualify for um, bowl season. So some of the bowl projections that are out now made a list of a few of them. Jerry Palm of CBS Sports has us in the Lending Tree Bowl, which is in Mobile, Alabama, on December 17th against UNLV. College Football News has the Golden Eagles in Boca Raton against Houston. That's on December 20th. Kyle uh, Bonagura of ESPN has also has the Golden Eagles in the Boca Raton Bowl, but against Buffalo. Brett McMurphy of the Action Network has the Golden Eagles in the Independence Bowl, which is on December 23rd. And then Mark Schlaubach of ESPN has the Golden Eagles in the Camellia Bowl, which is in Montgomery, Alabama, on December the 27th against Buffalo as well. Also, another bowl could be in the mix, the Birmingham Bowl. So where the Golden Eagles end up remains to be seen. It feels like it will probably be one of these bowls, but who knows? Any of those destinations stand out out to you guys? I know which one you're pulling for, Jamie. I know because you really want to go to the flea market in Montgomery. That's that's very (laughs) enticing. That is very enticing. I I want to go back to Mobile, personally. Mm -hmm. If we're not going to go to New Orleans – Let's go somewhere we all can go to. I think that is going to be that game will be against a winnable opponent, and I think the Golden Eagles getting a victory um, in bowl season would be would be huge for where we go it, moving forward. And it's on huge. a weekend, right? Yes, it's on a Saturday, and it's I want to say it's like at four o'clock maybe. So it's a game that you could literally drive down and come back if you if you wanted to go that route. If you didn't get slammered at the game. If you didn't get slammered. Yeah, don't drive back through Loosedale. Yeah, anything, um, anything midweek's gonna be tough. Uh, for yeah, me personally. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, I just think you know, if, if Mobile is a possibility, then you know I, I don't know how you don't 
you don't go Milby. I don't know if you're if you're part of the bowl selection community, you don't pick Southern Miss. I don't know if you're a fan, you don't want to do that right down the road. The I, mean, I mean, hey, hey, I'm just glad we're in the conversation for you know. It's been a while since we've been able to have this conversation. So M- most definitely, glad we can do it. The Independence Bowl is on a Friday, um, the Friday before Christmas. So I don't know how that would play out, but mm. um, yeah. So we'll see what happens, but. Yeah, like you said, just awesome to be back in in bowl consideration. And I think signing day will be right around that time as well. Um, so if we do go to Mobile, the coaches are going to have to have a really quick. They're really going to have to double down that week to take care of signing day as well as bowl prep. So, anyways, we're going bowling. Outstanding. Woo-hoo. Southern Miss basketball, the Golden Eagles um, started the week last week in Cancun for the Cancun Classic in Cancun, Mexico. First game, Southern Miss in Winthrop. Jason Bailey, you have some updates. Yeah, so, um, and first of all, you know, we're currently at 7-0, and and if I counted right, we're one of 20 unbeaten teams in the country, I believe, so that's pretty cool. And not um, only that, we matched last season's win total already, oh. and, and it's still November. So, do you guys remember before the season? Where and you probably we probably I know we probably had these conversations. I don't know if it was on air or off, but it seems like everybody was asking people, asking each other, how many wins is it going to take for Ladner to keep his job? Right. Um, a lot of those numbers were like in like the twelve to fifteen range. You know, uh, I don't think anybody thought twenty was a possibility. And now, you know, it's man, this team is just so fun to watch. And I know it's so early, but you know, we're doing things to teams that uh, that last year probably would have beat us, did beat us. The team we're playing tomorrow night beat us last year. And the teams that we're supposed to crush were crushing. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens from here on out, but it's looking good so far. So, yeah, down in Can- Cancun, uh, Winthrop, we played them the first game down there. Um, we won that game 77-52. to <clears throat> This is where this is that game where we had a 47-18 second half. Uh, onslaught to beat Winthrop. Uh, everything went right in that second half. Um, and Winthrop is no slouch. Uh, they've been to the dance 11 times. Don't forget, we had Nefty out. We had Hase uh, uh, and Pink both got in foul trouble. It didn't matter. Um, didn't even shoot the ball well at all in the first half. Still dominated. Crawley had 22 points, six steals, four boards. Danaje Harris keeps doing his thing, 12 and 7. Crawley was four for seven from three point range. Nico Aguirre, two of three from the three point line. Eagles shot 67.86% from the field in the second half, uh, 48.4% for the game, and had 25 points off turnovers. That's that stat we keep looking at, but 25 points off turnovers compared to just nine. Points off turnovers for Winthrop. So won that game 77 to 52. And we were on to play uh, the next game, which was against Purdue Fort Wayne. Won this game 70 to 58 over the Purdue Fort Wayne Mastodons. Um, and the, fir- the first game against Winthrop, we used a big second half to, uh, to, to, to get the victory. In this game, we used a big first half. Uh, we led by 13 at halftime, 39 to 26, and held on to win it by 12 points. Hase went for 21 points, uh, five rebounds, one steal, a block, and four assists, four of seven from deep. 
Lenage Harris again in double figures with 10 points, four rebounds. Crawley, um, Crawley had kind of an off night shooting with four for 13 from the field, from the field, but still had a, a decent line with nine points, three steals, three, ba- three rebounds, two assists and a block. Um, Golden Eagles only shot five of 20 from three point range, but dominated in the point with 38 points in the paint, uh, compared to 24 for the Mastodons. And this won the Cancun Challenge. The, 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 like our division, our side of it, or whatever, which one we were, the Mayan or the, or the other we're one. We were the Mayan. But, we're the Mayan. But, you know, we get to bring a trophy back to Hattiesburg. I don't know why we didn't get to play. Uh, I think Auburn won the other side, but we didn't. But we got to celebrate. We got a trophy. And um, and that's cool. You know, and if you guys listen to the post game, you know, Leidner even got a little emotional <laughs> at this little bitty, you know, nondescript tournament um, victory. Uh, in in the post game, um, dude loves this place, loves those kids, and you know, it was a very critical season for him, and it's good to see it all coming together. Um, after that, we came back. So so after the street, after the uh, Louisiana Monroe game, we Jack and I went to uh, hauled butt back home on Sunday morning to play Mobile, which I wasn't even sure that, that was a school. I knew that. Uh, Spring Hill was down there in South Alabama. I didn't know Mobile was was a thing, but um, but you know it's one of those games when you play these kind of teams, you should absolutely crush them. And we did 103 to 52. It was nice to get that hundred points. That's been a while. Um, scored 53 points in the first half, 50 in the second half. Uh, everything was going in. Turned them turned them over 24 times. That was good for 38 points. Played everybody. The nasty bench looked good. Alfonso and Armstrong came in. They both got a couple buckets apiece. That was cool. Alfonso, listen to this line. Uh, four minutes, four points, one rebound, one assist. Not bad for four minutes of work. Uh, Crawley went off, made everything you looked at. Uh, 24 points in just 25 minutes played. Also added in three assists and three steals. Hase went 17 and 12 in just 27 minutes. Pinckney had 12 points, four assists, two blocks. Uh, Donovan Ivory scored 10 points, and Victor Hart looked good. Not in double figures. I usually only talk, talk about people in double figures, but Victor Hart, uh, nine points, four rebounds, two assists, a block, and a steal. Uh, 103 points. Good crowd. Sat with the Farmers and the Rockwells. Had a blast, man. It was good. I don't know what it looked like on TV, but there's a lot of people there. I mean, minus students in the pep band, but that's going to happen on a Thanksgiving weekend. But it's fun at Reed Green these days. I watched it. It looked better. Uh, it looked better for sure. I mean, it, uh, definitely room to improve. I think that will happen against Montana, uh, Tuesday night. But, uh, one thing that I do want to say is bump, you got to be really careful, uh, because you're one battle of congestion away from nasty bench, uh, <laughs> being really offensive. Well, whatever helps the show. Our, um, on another note, I know we touched on this last week, and you know this is going to be fluid throughout the season. But RPI, we're currently sitting at 16. Um, so, you know, four zero according to RPI, which is fine. Um, but we're at 16, so we'll take it. Yeah, uh, we want Gonzaga. We want yeah, Gonzaga. Well, and but hey, look, don't forget we lost to Montana last year. Coming yeah. Out to the game tomorrow, and I think at halftime, like the football team is going to be there doing something. Yeah. Yeah, recognize so, maybe or something. They had a. They said they were going to be the halftime entertainment. I'm guessing they'll just come out and wave to the crowd and 
I hope, stand up and cheer. I hope not. I hope it's entertain us. Ooh, Let's what about something. remember back in the day, J Mass and uh, somebody yeah. else doing the yeah. TC? Yeah, yeah. It can't be any aw- more awkward than it was for them. Do you remember Fedora <laughs> coming out? He's like, he just he talked to the crowd for a minute, and he was like, I don't know what's gonna happen here. Just handed the mic to J Mass. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they were great, but it's it's not their it's not the target demo. I don't think. Uh, kind of weird. <laughs> it was kind of weird. We we're like, hey, it's good. It's still going. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, it should be a good game tomorrow night. Hey, these guys played Troy already. Uh, they lost to Troy 73 to 62, but seemed to be a formidable opponent, and they beat us last year. So. So we played them in Montana, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Some sort of tournament that we did last year up there, and I guess they're yeah. repaying the favor coming back. So that's right. Tuesday. November 29th, Southern Miss taking on Montana, Regreen Coliseum at 7 p.m. Another game this week, this Sunday in Natchitoches, Sunday, December the 4th at Northwestern State. Those are the two upcoming games for the week. Shane, do you have any updates for us this week? I do. I've got a couple, literally a couple. Um, Volleyball, we thought they were done, but uh, Coach Jenny Hazelwood announced that the Lady Eagles will be participating in the 2022 National Invitational Volleyball Championship Tournament. Uh, They will take on Alabama State on December the 1st, and that match will be played at Troy. Uh, This will be the first ever postseason tournament for the Lady Eagle Volleyball Program. So I hope the ladies can find some success there. Other action we had going on was women's basketball hosted the 36th annual Lady Eagle Thanksgiving Classic this past weekend. Started play on Friday the 25th against Nichols. Came away with an 83-68 to victory with that one. Dom Davis had 34 points and 10 rebounds for a double-double. Lauren Gross also scored in double figures with 12. Uh, newcomer. Femi Funis, I haven't got to say her name yet, uh, transfer from Seton Hall, made her first appearance as a Golden Eagle, finished with seven points and a rebound in 11 minutes of action. Uh, ladies followed up that game on Saturday, or the one on Friday with a game on Saturday, the 26th. That resulted in a 56-48 win over Lamar. Uh, Malia Grayson made her return, scored 15 points, eight rebounds, two steals, an assist, and a block. So good to have her back on the court for sure. And Jacoria Bracey led all scores with 16, while Dom Davis had 13. Next up for the Lady Eagles, Wednesday, November 30th, versus Mississippi College at Reed Green. That'll be at 6 o'clock. If you're not at Reed Green Coliseum, you will be able to watch that one on ESPN+. And then on Saturday, December 3rd at 7 o'clock at Samford, that game will also be on ESPN+. And that will do it for the fall sports this week. we got a little bit of time left here. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, kind of the expectations for football. Six and six is kind of, you know, that's where we ended up. I think that's where a lot of people thought we would end up. You know, all in all, there's some high points, there's some low points to be expected, but definitely progress from from Will Hall and staff this year. Yeah, if um, you know, so you take a team that's terrible last year, right? We're we're not good. We weren't ready to win. We weren't ready to be competitive. Um, and you took that. It's almost like taking an F student, like a, a guy that's going to fail out of school, and all of a sudden he's kind of a C minus. See, you know, maybe in that C range, um, that's coaching. 
right? That's coaching. That's teaching. Um, you know, I know we're living in a society right now that wants it all right now. Quick. Got to have it. Um, but he says it all the time. He's building it back the right way and, you know, all this coach speak. But it's, 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 it's what he's doing. You know, he it's, it's, there's no shortcuts to this. And, um, yeah, having a six and six record, I, I, I think that before the season, anybody that, you know, was predicting like nine plus was just living in a fantasy world. Um, although we did win those three games in a row and I started thinking to myself, Hey, <laughs> maybe we're ahead of schedule here. But in, at the end of the day, it's, uh, I'm looking at a record right here. We're six and six overall, four and four in conference, three and three at home and three and three on the road. And could have had the, could, could have had a couple more wins. Also could have had a couple more losses. So we're probably right where we're, where we should be. Um, it's just nice for me to be able to look there and see us competitive football team in year two. And that's what we got. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's what we all, you know, kind of expected. Six wins with the chance at seven was, I mean, maybe would have been the high end of what I thought was realistic this year. Uh, glad to be there uh, and, and sets the stage for higher expectations next year based off what happens with the transfer portal this offseason. Did a heck of a job working that transfer for portal uh, last offseason, getting us back to a respectable scholarship number, doing some some serious damage up front on defense. And I think that, to me, has probably made the biggest impact this year is is the depth, the size. I mean, just the overall talent we have on the defensive line, particularly that, the, you know, that which we got through the transfer portal. Um, you know, in this offseason, you probably are going to want to get, a, you know, hopefully get a playmaking wide receiver, get some some more health and depth up front on the offensive side of the ball. You've got some defensive backs to replace. Uh, but, you know, the big attention will probably be on what we do with the transfer portal as far as a quarterback goes. Uh, it feels have, like that's been have to bring one in. Have to. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think we all would like to see what Ty Keys could do, um, you know, staying healthy. At this point, that's got to be a little bit of a concern, um, you know. He, he and, and neither injury has been like it's not like he got lit up or anything. It's been some weird thing that happened, kind of like with Swayze, very similar yeah. deal. Um, so, but you, 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 it's just such an important position, right? I mean, all the good teams in college and the pros, they all got a good one. All the teams that aren't very good don't. So, it just you know, it is what it is. We, we got to have one. So, I th- I, and I think Southern, I think it's a pretty attractive spot. Um, to, to if, if you are a, a quarterback that's looking to make the move and have some ability, I don't see why you wouldn't give uh, Will Hall uh, and Southern Miss a look. Um, there's a good track record there. you got playmakers that you know you're going to have to be able to throw to, um, hand the ball to. Um, I would probably want to make sure that there's some sort of offensive line uh, improvement. <laughs> you know, Maybe that's a package deal uh, with some of these quarterbacks. You don't know. But um, – yeah, just however it gets done, I don't think any of us care. Um, there's some players that I'm pulling for, but I really don't care. At the end of the day, let's just let's we, we, we got to have somebody in here that can that can kind of get us over that hump. And, and uh, if we have as much success as we did last year in the portal this year, then um, there's definitely bright days ahead. Yeah, definitely. And you know, speaking of the quarterback in the transfer portal. 
uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, you know, we tried last year. It was well documented the players that we were going after, the Plum, the, the, right? the, the Brennan, uh, among others. So, I mean, it's not like we didn't try, but at the same time, I mean, there was a really, really bad situation on, on the offensive line last year. And, uh, I think that did, that might have made it a little less attractive than hopefully it will be moving forward. But, uh, fully anticipate over the next week, um, some names being entered into the transfer portal that, uh, we certainly might consider and might consider us. So it's going to be fun to watch. And we've got some guys in the portal too. And I'm, and you know, Dejan Richard, I mean, we all love watching him play last year, but if you're buried down the chart a little bit, man, I mean, Hey, more power to you, man. Nobody wants to sit the bench. Uh, uh, from, from his announcement. I mean, it looks like he graduated with a degree from USM. I mean, that's really like just said, yeah. It, wow. It, it looks like it he's took him got his... a uh, shorter length of time to do that than it did for me. Well, well, I mean, Trey Lowe's working on his Ph.D. right now. So, uh, <laughs> you know, these these guys got it together. You know, Will Hall's not kidding when he says that he's he's got some high t- character folks in there. I mean, these guys are getting degrees or getting them early. Um, but, yeah, I, I wish him the best. Uh, no, no ill will towards him. I, I like you enjoyed watching him play last year and this year he. Uh, you know, had a few guys in front of him. Not not necessarily his fault. Hope he gets a chance to shine at his next spot. Yeah, and he's probably known for a while. And, I mean, when are you going to announce it, right? I mean, people are kind of giving him the grief for, well, you don't do that before the season's up. Well, I mean, it was basically over. And it was when the portal opened up. you got to get your name out there if you're ready to go. If you're ready to go, yeah. you got to get your name out there. So uh, no ill will felt towards uh, Richard at all from from my end. There's going to be a time the the transfer portal has helped us so much that somebody's going to do well and they're going to jump ship and try to go somewhere bigger. And I can't wait to see the reaction then because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's not going to be great. Uh, but, I mean, we we got to keep in mind how much the transfer portal has helped us when that situation does finally come up and and kind of realize that we got to take the, the good with the bad. Yeah, most definitely. Well, you guys have any uh, any shout outs? Oh, I do have some shout outs. Let me uh, I thought we were in the middle of the thing. Um, <clears throat> so a shout out that I that, that I missed last week. I can't believe I missed this, but our, our good friend Roger Dickens. Um, he uh, came down to the game uh, and and he hooked me up, man, with some Southern Miss memorabilia. Of course, you know, Dickens, uh, Charlie Dickens, uh, they're, they're Chad and Roger's dad passed away and he was just a Southern Miss legend. Um, he had all this stuff, you know, and um, I got some of it. Uh, they, they thought enough of me, I guess, to, to give me some of this stuff, man. And it, it was very humbled and uh, that they would include me in that and very thankful. Um, just, you know, some like a Favre book and like some signed pictures. And uh, anyway, it was just very neat that, that they gave me uh, that stuff and, I appreciate Just a pie much. pan with the crust left, no pie in the middle. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Very true. Um, and uh, so I want to give him a shout out. Uh, I want to give uh, Steve Farmer and, and Seth a shout out. I kind of mentioned it earlier, but uh, we were talking before the game and I said, man, Frank might go for 200. And then Seth, Steve's stepson, said, I think the Eagles are going to win 20 to 10. <laughs> this is in the middle of the first quarter. <laughs> you know? Wow. Uh, and then we won 20 to 10. I couldn't believe it, but yeah. Can we take uh, that kid to Vegas? Yes, we can. 
Uh, so I wanted to give them a shout out. Uh, other people that I saw, I ran into Benji Barham at the bar uh, and restaurant at the Fieldhouse, I think it was called, before the game. Uh, Sutter Miss just kind of taken over that entire restaurant. It was pretty cool. Um, ran into Twitter mom, Margie. Uh, give her a shout out. And a couple of the Sippy Squad guys, uh, Patrick McCarty and Mark Sefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefefef
of sources out there for bearded white men to get whiskey news. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's not it's not hard to find. Um, yeah, it's funny uh, for Thanksgiving. Uh, Catherine's brother lives about 12 minutes from us and, and her dad's side of the family gathers over there. Uh, and one of her nephews, uh, Josh, who lives in Pennsylvania, uh, nice guy, but uh, he's he dabbles in whiskey. And so he came over to the house uh, to bring Catherine home one night. I had already brought Evie and my mom back home to put Evie in bed. And, uh, you know, he made the comment along the lines of you know, listening to my TED talk about whiskey as we were sitting up here having a glass. And uh, sometimes people just have to tell me to shut the hell up because I'll, I'll just keep talking. <laughs> uh, I got to give a shout out to uh, somebody I know is, is listening right now. Quez Watkins with his 30 yard, yeah, right. 30 yard touchdown reception uh, last night on um, Sunday night football. He also was given the game ball. I don't know if you guys right. saw that. Mm-hmm. Are given one of the game balls, but yeah, congratulations to Quiz. Uh, you know, ten and one record, best record in the NFC. So yeah, things are definitely looking up for for Quiz and the Eagles. Um, all right, guys. So when you, we when we come back around next week, we will know our bowl destination. Um, you guys have any preference? You mentioned Mobile. I've got Mobile. That's kind of where I'm hoping we go. But anything different than Mobile, Shane? I mean, is there like a Selfishly, I'm pulling for the Myrtle Beach Bowl, uh, but that would be good for me and terrible for the rest of the fan base. So I'll I'll take one for the team. Mobile would be good. Birmingham would be good. Independence Bowl versus Memphis sounds fun. Um, where was the one where they had us matched up with Houston? That'd be fun. Um, I've seen, uh, let's see, Boca Raton and Independence. Independence so- against Houston would be cool. Boca Raton, that's a long trip. Not many people are going to go to the, the penis head of Florida to watch football. <laughs> um, so my wife sent me a text. She goes, ooh, if we can go to the Cure Bowl, I want to go. You can go to the game, and Jack and I are Disney World. I said, okay. Then she said, looking up flights. <laughs> I said, look, I want to go to Mobile. It's the weekend, and it's right down the road. She said, that's boring AF. Is it inside? <laughs> question mark. And then I said, I'm hearing Birmingham or Shreveport likely. And she said, I'm hearing Orlando. <laughs> Orlando. So, yeah. I'm sure she'd go for Boca, though. You know, inter- one of the interesting things is I was kind of looking up bowl projections and whatnot. So, ESPN, so the bowls that are tied into the Sun Belt, ESPN places like one, three, and four where they want to go. And then New Orleans Bowl has the second pick in the Sun Belt. So I know there's hmm. been times in the past where the Sunbolt champion would come here, but so the ESPN, so we don't have like a set destination for our champ. ESPN just gets first pick and places them in whichever one of those bowls they want them to go to. Interesting. See, I always I thought that it was just New Orleans. I did too. I did too. I did too, but apparently not. So New Orleans has the second pick. So that's I was looking at the bowl projections and I was like, why the hell would Troy go to Frisco? If they win, because they had Troy going and then like, oh, that's one of the bowls ESPN can place. And so if Troy were to win or Coastal Carolina or whoever, um, then they would place, you know, then, you know, whoever ESPN went with first, New Orleans Bowl would have second pick. It's kind of weird. If McCall's not back, 
Troy wins that game. Yeah. And Their I guess defense they, is too good. I guess they have Coastal in one of those games, maybe in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. You know, I'm not sure. I, I didn't, I can't recall all the projections, but maybe they kind of have set that they want to keep Carolina over there and Troy more in the West. But I would, I mean, me personally, like if we win the championship, I, I want to go to New Orleans. I don't really care. I don't want to go to Frisco. I don't want to go to, <laughs> it's like, that's where I'd want to be. But here we are. Yeah. Well, they need to keep the Myrtle Beach or keep the, the beach chickens in the Myrtle Beach Bowl because we don't need people pissing teal all over the place. So just keep that <laughs> in Conway. Well, guys, so we've got in the 2022 uh, calendar year, we've got three, maybe four episodes left, depending on where we go bowling. So if we go to Mobile, we got three episodes left. If we go to Birmingham or the Independence Bowl, we got four episodes left. So if you'd like to sponsor an episode, go to to the top talk.com, click on the link that says sponsor an episode of to the top talk to get to secure one of those final spots. Hope you guys enjoyed it and as always Southern Miss to the top. Talk. I could play for Alabama, USC. Notre Dame, you have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done the fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs Florida State or Tennessee but I chose Southern Mississippi and right here at home is where I'll always be I could play for Alabama USC our Notre Dame, you have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. Season is over and done. 
all you teams with famous names will see we're number one. Ask Mississippi State. Ask Mississippi State.